can go in now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Saints Radio from Dallas, which is, what's the temperature now, Monica? Is it like, let's see here. It's 18 degrees. Ooh, wow, it warmed up since when I got here. I have to tell you that this weather app has just not been very, aside from the temperature, because I have checked periodically about just precipitation and whatnot. Like yesterday, all through the service, the morning service, Right. if I pulled up my weather app, it you know how it snows on the app? Yeah. It was snowing through the whole service, but it didn't. <laughs> and then... And then, so then I checked the weather last night to see about this morning, and there was, from my weather app, there was no precipitation that was, everything was north of us. And then I woke up this morning, and I looked out the window. I was shocked. Yeah. Well, over at my house and all the way in, I came down, I came down Mockingbird because I want to stay away from the spillway because if anything can possibly affect that light it will and then people are just jammed up and then you have to climb the great gaston road up to where your manse is and that's always fun too whenever there's anything on the roads but basically it was just snow which i thought it would be there wasn't any ice i i see abrams road probably gaston is moving along very well I'm grateful for that. It's cold here, though. Um, and um, wherever you are, we hope you're warmer than than we are. But it's great to be able to reach out to you. And um, Monica is at home with Scarlet the Prayer Dog. I was happy to see Scarlet a minute ago. She's been in intercession for us. And um, she's... Uh, She's always a welcome sight. Well, we hope you're doing well wherever you are, and we're looking forward to what God uh, would like for us to to talk about. As all of us saints just pull up around the table today, and I I don't have any coffee up here, which I know surprises you, Monica. Well, I don't have any coffee either. Well. But... Can we I don't actually know if we can survive with, this hour? Can we do it without caffeine? I don't know. I don't know either. I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know. We'll let the I, listeners be the judge of that. Well, I, we always know there's going to be some weather event like this, usually in January. And I certainly hope that this is it for this for this year um because it just it always does weird things in the city when this when this uh of course was it two years ago where we had like the week of just terrible arctic conditions and um all the all the uh the woke wind towers froze and we didn't have energy and everybody was just wound up. Was that two years ago or three years ago? I think that was three years ago because two years ago, January is when we, we did have some ice, but it wasn't severe, but it's when I slipped because I didn't realize that there was ice. But I think three years ago is when we, because we lost power here for three or four days. But I don't know. I'm terrible with time and dates. I mean, the Lord has to help me. Well. <laughs> I need that Issachar anointing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just hope that this is it and um, there will be no more for the rest of this year. Excuse me. And uh, we are looking forward to two months from now when our seminar here in Dallas is scheduled. Uh, let's see. That, that is 
less than two months from now, the seminar starts. So we've got to thaw out before the Floridians get here. You think we can? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, but you do remember that one seminar when it snowed. Yeah, I that do was remember such that a, Sunday that was morning. such a, that was crazy. Yeah, but Vicky survived. She survived and lived to tell about it. <laughs> oh, my. I remember going to, I remember her traveling. Vicky, we're going to talk about you for a minute. Uh-oh. Um, her traveling, it might have been the first time she traveled with us to France. And she was solo. Um, and we went to, Nancy came with us. We went to, I think we went to Montelamar. And we spent some time in Paris. Remember that? I do. And I, Vicky had a coat. I remember she had like a, it was like a black leather, it was very nice, black leather coat. I don't think she ever took that coat off. The well, whole it time. was really cold in in um, in Paris. I remember that. Yeah, you made us walk down to see the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> For the seventeenth time. That was that is a. <laughs> For any of you entertaining going to Paris, don't try to go see the Statue of Liberty because it's just it's it's a letdown. Um, <laughs> it's a letdown after about the tenth time. Oh. <laughs> but you, you know, Americans come to Paris, and there's a story behind it. So of course, it's it's a landmark that people want to see. So I get it. I really do get it. I think. <laughs> Remember, in oh. one of those National Treasure movies, one of the clues was written on that statue, and so. They sent a drone to read what the clue was, and the French police came and were giving Nicolas Cage a hard time. So, anyway, yeah, that was a very cold, that was a cold trip. And, uh, yeah, Vicky, Vicky is a, she's a beach girl, and she, she was a trooper. She really was a trooper, but I think we've, we've taken her to colder places since then. <laughs> And also warmer places, because it was pretty hot in Brazil that first time that we took that team into Cabo Frio. But yeah. it's that's, all good. That's true. When you travel for the Lord, you just never know. You never know, but I tell you, I don't think any of us have actually experienced some of the things that the Apostle Paul experienced as far as... Um, his travel, so I think we're good. Well, you know, uh, I think the coldest trip we ever took was that January journey where we went into Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that was in Germany. It was freezing. Goodness gracious. But again, we reap the benefits of those uh, activations, and um, man, I tell you, you just you just know. never know. Yeah, I, I'm a Texas girl, so I, I do prefer the heat. But I've always joked about the fact that you kind of wonder how the demons live in that cold weather. How they survive it? <laughs> you think that they they'd be more drawn to the fire? <laughs> well, they'll certainly be getting a lot of fire in the centuries to come. So, um, anyway, well, it's great to uh, be able to share together with you today, and uh, God is certainly doing some wonderful things uh, we're looking forward to this year and uh, to see what what lays ahead for us in the Lord um, I was I was very grateful for the uh, first Saturday report that was posted the other day thank you for coordinating that Monica and uh, mm -hmm. we hope that if you haven't 
looked at it that you will avail yourself of things that the Lord said. Um, we did uh, we did get word that uh, Ruby and Ken are grandparents, and uh, Cassie had a little boy, so Ruby is out today. Uh, so here in this cold, we connect by vMix with Monica across uh, across the way, and we connect with you. So. Um, uh, Monica, do you, do you mind, um, filibustering here for a few minutes? As I said, Ruby's not here and I see the guy that comes to do our cleaning down there wandering around looking for somebody. So I apologize for stepping away, but can you filibuster for a few minutes for us and or share whatever the Lord puts on your heart? Sure. Okay. Sure. I'll be right back. <clears throat> sure. Uh, we're in some really uh, amazing, amazing days in the Lord. And... You know, I love hearing from saints from the Rama Network who share either by email or WhatsApp or text or phone call about what you're sensing in the realm. And we certainly open that up to all the saints throughout the network to share um, insights. And that's one of the things I love about First Saturday is that we're able to really tap into the prophetic gifts and insights into the saints around the world. As you go before the Lord, you intercede on behalf of God's purpose and on behalf of what he's doing in this hour throughout the world and share those insights. They are treasures to us. Um, and so we do encourage you to, if you, if you're not used to doing that, if you, if you're accustomed to praying with us, but not actually taking it to the next step and, and disciplining yourself to actually send something in to ask the Lord what he's doing, give you a vision, give you a word. I just want to encourage you because you will grow in that grace as you um, are obedient to that call. So, um, you know, my goal before the Lord, and I believe this is him, is for us to get uh, just an immense measure of participation in this coming year and first Saturday, we're going to be expanding into some other nations. Um, uh, the French speaking countries have been faithful over the last number of years. Um, I want to thank Sylvie Benichon for coordinating that and for processing all those words, translating them. I know that it's a labor of love and we're just so thankful for her obedience and her, her devotion to do that. It's such an incredible blessing, not only to read, what the Lord is sharing through the saints here in the U.S., but also um, in the, our French-speaking countries and also in Africa. We, we hear from Africa. Um, occasionally, we'll hear from India. And we're hoping and praying that the Lord will help us to uh, get something set in motion with our Latin American countries so that we can include Brazil and the South American countries that are coming alongside here in this mission. So I just want to encourage you in that. And I just want you to know that um, your ministry is not in vain and your obedience to the Lord and to the Father to actually not only pray, but also to press in and glean what God is doing is vital to our moving forward and so also like pastor said when you we send those um those those words out after they're processed and put them in a five-fold kind of declaration take those words and and read them and be in agreement with what god is doing and really just meditate on what god has said because this is what he is saying through his remnant. This is what he is saying through his saints. And we're just really thankful for this ministry. And 
it couldn't it 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 just it wouldn't work without you all so just want to say thank you for that it's been such a blessing but we we truly are in some prolific times in the lord and um i sent so many things in the realm um there's so many dynamics that we're being exposed to that um in a lot of ways manifest in the natural just by virtue of the fact that while we are not of this world we are in this world and i know in our country we're experiencing so many things um our our country is is so divided in so many different ways and um so we're exposed to these things we're exposed to media we're exposed to the news but also pressing into the spirit realm and gleaning what god is doing in the spirit realm and navigating through that and being faithful is one that stands in the gap on behalf of righteousness and on behalf of tov here in in our in this in the world is so important for us so there's a call to intercession that is i mean we've been living it for so many years but if ever there was a time when god is looking for one that will pray it is now and he's also looking for those that have an ear that will hear what he's saying to his church so that we can be that voice of righteousness into the earth and so be faithful to that be faithful to your call as intercessors and um i just feel such a strong um pull i should say into the depths of of who god is and into the spirit of the lord and and i know that that means something and his grace is with us his grace is upon it for us to press in to know him and even deeper more intense more expansive ways and as we know him we that's that's what we're that's that's what we are created for so amen it's good it's good oh, i was yeah. just sitting here hearing that reviving message and I thought, well, I'll just sit here and not let her know I'm back. And just keep listening. I could hear you. I could hear you. Yeah, I figured you could. Um, thank you for that. I thought maybe you were having a snack or something. No, no snack. I'm just coming back up into the warmth of the booth. And um, it yeah. is so cold. I, I yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just funny because last Thursday it was what it got up to 72, I think. And um it was it was just a beautiful springtime day. But we knew this weather was coming, at least the cold. They can usually predict that. So every 5 minutes I would think, "Okay, this is great, but we just got to get ready cuz next week it's going to get cold." which is very odd but that's just texas so anyway yeah. um so uh there's today's a holiday yeah i well yeah that's right? true martin luther king's birthday I'm really, yeah i'm really not sure what we're supposed to do on Martin Luther King Day like is there I mean I guess we celebrate his life Well I think we should go to the Lincoln Memorial and recreate the uh, the great have I I have a dream speech are you up for that <laughs> I'm totally up for that <laughs> Because you never know what Martin Luther's going to say That's right that's right <laughs> Oh my goodness. Those of you who don't really have any idea what we're talking about, we went uh with uh, Pastor Derlene and Elder Oates and several other folks and we did a lot of different activations. One of them we did in in DC was go to the Lincoln Memorial and 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 you know really we were 
in essence, asking God to um, unite the African-American church with the, the mainstream churches. And that's still something that God wants to do and, and intends to do. But boy, you can see how the enemy is fighting against that even more viciously in our society today. Um, I, 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 you know, I've been around for a little while. I have never seen such race baiting, just being openly adopted. Things that through my life we we were told, rightfully so, we need to purge this kind of thing from society. We should not be making racist statements. We should not be um, demeaning a group of people or whoever. We need to purge that from society. And now it seems like it's, it's almost like a vengeance, almost like a retributive action where if you watch any films or any programs that are currently be produced, most of the time you're going to get some kind of statement about the white oppressor and, you know, just, it, it, it's, it's like the enemy strategy is, is re-emerged in a new way to separate the power of the African-American church from the, the Caucasian uh, Pentecostal church which was separated and split back in the 20s because when the Pentecostal outpouring started in our country, uh, it was white and black folks together. And then mm. it, uh, it became separate. Um, it, it, it's, just, it's, it's just not acceptable. And we tried... We did this too up in uh, Pennsylvania and State College with our wonderful friends, Rick Ranney and then Pastor McKenzie. Um, and we went there a few times. Um, but even then, when I would speak, when I spoke about it, there was blowback, open blowback from some of the constituents there in the church who. You know, we're very gracious, but they had no desire to say we want to we want to come into alignment with whiteies, basically. And I'm not faulting anybody. What my focus is here that we don't live in the past. We don't live 200 years ago. We don't even live 70 years ago. We live now, and there's been such advancements in in our society and it's ridiculous now to to try to reverse things and to stir up things that were wrong and now we we see those wrong things being established by other other frameworks and so I, you ask what what do we do on this day? I've been believing for the uh, the promise of the Father for uh, a great move of the Spirit to to mobilize among the African American churches, and that there would be a unity and agreement between all all racial. Um, groups that have been poured into this melting pot of the United States. And, you know, we do have, we do have signs of that within our network. Um, pardon me. You know, Pastor Robert, a very dear, endeared brother here in our, you know, Pastor Levester, uh, Elder Denise, um, 
In our church, Imani is like a daughter to all of us. You go to France, it's it's a totally different framework in France, but so many uh, uh, African uh, Commonwealth citizens are now in Europe and have been, and we uh, we cherish our our partnership with them in Brazil, same way, Brother Faladin from Nigeria and all the um, West Africa uh, prayer and fasting network folks. So we, we have seen this operatively within our, uh, within our network, but God wants to do an amazing thing in our country and we haven't we haven't really seen it yet we really haven't of course you you have an african-american son-in-law which is wonderful um it's been been really in go ahead no go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say it's 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 been interesting because I, I mean, racism to me is like a mind. It's like a mind. It's like a mindset. And I know that my grandparents, who were godly people, who were raised in Kentucky and that that region of our country, were very prejudiced. It, it was like, and I'm sure you could probably speak the same with, with, with your parents, maybe, but um, it was like a mindset that then was brought into the South. And I was always shocked when my grandfather or my grandmother would say something that was like a derogatory comment towards a black person. It just, it wounded me because I was not raised that way. I mean, my, you know how when you're raised in your, your home, you have childhood friends that are become like family. One of the closest friends that was my brother's friend, was my sister's friend, was my friend, and then became um, very endeared to my parents was a black guy. And he was at my house all the time. He was just our childhood friend that I'm still very dear friends with him. And it was just never a thing. I never saw the color. And, and so when my grandparents would say something that just seemed so natural for them to make a comment about a black person, I, I, I mean, it would wound me. I was just like, what? And, and now having Alzadian, having a, a, a black son-in-law who I love so much, it's been really interesting to hear people's comments. Like people that have just kind of surprised me when they would say comments that like overcompensating not being racist, but their comment actually showed me that they were racist. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's just this, it, it, it's just like this. I mean, it's not subtle because it's in our face, but in our country, but it, just the subtlety of people's thinking about it is it it just continues to catch me off guard i'm just like what you really think that way and it's just it, it's just I, I don't know i don't know i don't know why i went down that trail but it's been well, kind of an awakening you know it, we when i was raised um we were really poor and um so we lived in kind of a not not the best of areas but it was safe so but i was surrounded by either what you would maybe say societally were lower class white folks who were all hard-working people and a whole lot of wonderful african-american folks and um I, you know, I joke with Pastor Robert so often because we're roughly the same age and my upbringing and his upbringing were really pretty much the same. The things we joked about as a little boy, he did too, because I was 
I was raised in a culture very similar to his. And, um, uh, you know, that, that's a blessing. That was a blessing to me. Um, and I never knew really any different. Um, but, but our point, though, is we recognize that God's Spirit is, is wanting all of us to serve before the throne. And um, I think one of our prayers today should be, God, let it be as you have ordained and work, work miracles toward, toward this end. Um, mm -hmm. I... Uh, <laughs> it's it's really kind of interesting like when we travel you know when we've gone into Europe or when we're in Brazil the mix of colors there is is really fascinating wouldn't you say i mean they don't oh, have yeah. the same they don't have the same stigma as as our country does, and, it, and you know what's always funny to me is when we go into England, and um, they they had slavery, they outlawed it before we did, but they didn't have slavery in the way, at least in the United Kingdom, in in the island itself. The way we did now in some of their Caribbean outposts and um, and then boy in India and in in some of the African nations they kind of did but it's just always funny to me to to be in England and it's it's just that it's a different it's a different reality you know that because we've seen it together in so many ways but God, God is doing a work, and when they don't, other than driving through the snow and being frozen today um, on this holiday, that's what I pray for, that God would raise up this unity um, and that we can all function before the throne as brothers and sisters. And, and I, I know that's happening in, in our network. But it's not really begun to happen in the United States the way God has ordained for it to be. So that's that's what I pray on this day. You know, you know, I remember when we were with, I'll just tell this because these people are gone. Uh, when we would go and minister at Pastor Darlene's church, there were some precious older ladies that were there. And they could cook. You remember that one lady whose father was a chef? I think he was a chef mm -hmm. for Eisenhower. And she could, oh my goodness, she could cook. Oh, it's just the fried chicken and the, the different pies and things she made were just extraordinary. Just unbelievably good. And we had great relationships with them. And then <laughs> we were told that they they taught they were basically tolerating us but they really didn't want to to keep going on with us because we were white folks and i understand that and, and this isn't about well you just need to understand all the woundings over the generations yeah i i understand that i i i do i i've never felt it but i know what it's like and you do too to leave uh, our the way we were trained, the way we were taught, not not in a racial way, but just even in church, and to embrace what God is doing, and to be changed into saints. And if God can do that in me, He can certainly do it. If somebody's skin color is is different, but we just believe. Only God can do this. And um, I mean, that's the holiday yeah. we're in. So. Yeah. 
I just I, I just pulled up a scripture that says in First Corinthians twelve thirteen that says, "For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink." And especially in the church, you would think that this wouldn't be an issue, right? Right. But it is an issue. And, and you know, I, I've spent I've spent a lot of time with Pastor Robert, and I adore. He is one of my, I, I mean, he's one of my dearest friends. I honor him. I respect him. I am so thankful for who he is for what he has represented in this network. Yeah. I mean, he really has been a first fruits in this network. And um, we're all just so thankful for his friendship and for his partnership. I, I, I love him. We all love him. Um, but I, you know, I've had conversations with him. And I mean, he's, he's experienced, I shouldn't be speaking for him, but I know there's been a time or two when people have made comments to him that, could have caused an offense about him being a black man. And he has, you know, risen above it. But we just, we got to see through the father's eyes. And we got to recognize that we've all been given one spirit to drink, and that's the spirit of the Lord. And God called us to walk together. And God doesn't look at appearance. He looks on the heart. And that's <laughs> that's what we need to do. Because, I don't know. It's just, it's got to, judgment begins first in the house of the Lord. And we have got to, we got to get this. We got, we, we've got to pray and get some unity. Because those, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I experienced that with you, with the black church. But I also remember the prophecies that have been spoken over our church and, and subsequently this network that a large majority of the population was going to be African-American. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we still stand on those prophetic words and, and what a glory that will be. And so when I say Pastor Robert is a first fruits, that is the truth. He truly is. And we're so thankful for our African American uh, saints. And well, you know, yeah. he really was a first fruits in a lot of ways because he was the he was the one that God used to inspire the development of our seminars. Because yeah, he, that's why I said that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a first fruits in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. Um. So. Martin and Luther so King. faithful. Yeah. Martin Luther King. I have a dream. <laughs> 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 and I mean, you have to wonder. I mean, where does like the root? Where does bitterness feed into all of this? I mean, this all began with an offense, right? What what began? As far as as far as racism. Racism. Well, I think it, boy that is a big social question. It it really but began the root of it. It began with greed and power and taking dominion over people for your own benefit. And and I'll just I'll just say this. And again, even us talking about this is probably irritating some folks. But in all the times we were in Africa, we saw there um and and there were slaves all around the world. I mean, and they weren't all just African people. But we saw there a lot of roots of somebody who had power or somebody who had authority or money, black people, just 
treating people that work for them like they were dogs almost. I mean, I, I was shocked. And I thought, how can you? I even said it to one pastor's one pastor who was a woman. I said, "Does this person work for you, or do you pay them, or what do you do?" And she said, "It was just all normal for her." She said, "Well, you know, this girl, uh, her mother abandoned her, and we took her in, and she just serves us." Well, man, she just—oh my God—the things that just terrible and and i thought i think that the roots of racism and and slavery is all about power and dominion and you know you see slavery in the roman empire and the way rome would take some folks and make them serve um and just treat them like second citizens and then from that then there became people who said well i don't like this but i'm going to be the one now that has people serving me and so i guess maybe that is not only power but bitterness but it's you know it's kind of like this i always was amazed as a pastor when i had a bigger church and i would counsel people sometimes young men who were raised by fathers who abused them, would then, in their own families, abuse their own children. And I would say, how can you, I would say this to them, how can you do this knowing that it gravely hurt you when you were young? Or people sometimes who would see their father beat their 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 mother, and then the the men sometimes would grow up and be abuse their own wives and i would think you saw this how did this wrong that was imprinted on you now become something that you're doing you knew it was wrong mm-hmm. then and now you're doing it i i don't know i mean the wickedness of sin and iniquity is so pervasive mm-hmm that and it's generational yeah well well that's true it could be a generational iniquity that has to be broken yeah so we're but where racism really comes in is it's it's not restricted to skin color as much as the media mm-hmm. would like to say it is because it it it's just honestly it is the frailty of mankind and without God, people can, like if you go to India, which you still have a visa, I think, the way that caste system works is abominable. Oh my goodness, the way some of those folks in the different castes just openly treat other people people who are of the same lineage the same skin color the same nationality but they just it it's terrible to watch it's shocking anyway that's our social social studies commentary so you you said does it come from bitterness i think bitterness can be a factor but i think i think that at heart, it's control, it's pride, it's power, and it it just then, through that hubris, then becomes a demonically controlled um, abuse. Okay, but there there's two parties. There's the oppressor and the oppressed, right? right? And so when I said that about bitterness, the the oppressor would be the one that's moving in pride and greed and and control and power, and the oppressed is the recipient of that. And so when I'm when I'm addressing bitterness, I'm saying that that's an offense that turns into this root of bitterness to which um, 
as a white person, there are times when I feel that bitterness um, against me for being a white person. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just trying to pinpoint what that influence is. And granted, I mean, I get it. I, I do. I mean, I get it. I, I, unless you've walked a man's shoes, don't judge them. And so I, I totally understand. Sometimes I feel like racism works in multicultures, like you said. Um, it, white people, you know, it's in white people, black people. It's, 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 it's multicultural. But um, I, I don't know. I think I just feel that root of that, that bitterness that is so hard to, it's hard to kill. I mean, it, you got to kill it at the root. It's kind of like this um, bamboo that's out here in my backyard. You can't, you can't kill it. I mean, we literally were going to hire somebody to come and try to get rid of it. And it was going to cost us thousands of dollars. He was coming from another state to come and try to get rid of the bamboo that is along my fence line because the root is growing in and it starts eating away at the pipes underneath of the, of our house, of our neighbor's house. I mean, it's just, it's so invasive. But anyway, I just, I, I feel that root is so deep. So this is an interesting topic, but I guess it is Martin Luther King Day. It is. It is. It truly is. Um, I just... I re you know, it's just, it's just funny because I remember again when I was a little boy, first, second, third grade, um, I didn't know really any of this. I, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. my parents were so poor. They lived up in the mountains of West Virginia. My mother never saw, and this is true, she said this a number of times, she never saw an African-American person until they moved to Pittsburgh, and she was 20 then. So they were just never raised among African-Americans up there. And so it wasn't anything for my dad to find this tiny little house and for all of us to live there and so I guess the, the thing was, though, I, I've told this story before. Um, in the 60s, there were different race riots. And, of course, there were assassinations, Martin Luther King and others. And I remember being over at the old man's house next door with his little granddaughter, Candace, who was my friend. And this, this old elderly black man, he's probably my age now, but... He, he was watching the TV and there were reports of this and Candace and I were, I think I was maybe third grade or fourth grade we were just playing and Mr. Holly pulled me over and he said now son don't ever become like these people and he pointed to the screen and and he, he said, Candy, you come over here too. He said, no, I want both of you. I think he said, y'all. I want both of y'all to commit to, 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 to always loving one another and not become like these people because they were showing people throwing firebombs at one another. And, and I remember that. I remember that. And I don't know what became of them. Of course, we moved, and I've been down here for 40-plus years. I know he's dead. It has to be. But, you know, it's just... I do remember, though, going to school and having some of the kids that went to the Catholic school who were all white just throwing crab apples at, at us. Of course, I don't think they were... Uh, me and one other kid, Herky, we were the white kids, and there were four other friends of ours who were black, and we all walked to school together. But it was more like rich kid, poor kids there. But I suspect now, looking back, that that was a factor, but it was also that there were some black kids with us. 
but that's how I learned to throw real well, <laughs> throwing those crab apples. <laughs> he said, what a crazy conversation. What a crazy conversation. <clears throat> but at that, you know, I, I have joked with Robert that my, my love of the Motown songs and being able to know those songs comes from hanging around in these kids' houses. And I'm grateful <laughs> for that. <laughs> he said, how do you know that song? <laughs> well, seriously, we, as we've ministered in various places, you know as well as I do that, especially going overseas, large parts of our teams have been, of intercessors and ministers have, have been people whose roots are in Africa. And I, I just, I just have to believe that what's happening in your family and what's happening in, um, you know, the ministry here, reaching out to the saints internationally, that perhaps as we pray together and minister together and fellowship with it, with one another, and that it's sowing seeds of what God has intended to do and that those seeds themselves will bear a harvest. We have to believe for that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 this is, this is, I've told this story so many times. It really is funny. When we did that, when we did that um, sending teams out to various parts of the world, uh, of the North America, particularly for the French. You went to the Caribbean. I went up into Canada and in New York City. But when we came to New York City, we, we linked up with Pastor Robert. And we went, we went, did so many activations all over the place and had some really wonderful times of ministry in his church in, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn. And we went to Harlem. We, we did a lot of things. But when we went to, uh, we went to, he and I went to Ellis Island, where the immigrants from Europe basically came in. And we're standing there and we're praying and we're declaring. And Robert, you know the way Robert is. We just joke and laugh together, you know. He does that with you too. And I said, Robert, look around this room. Do you realize that the hundreds of people are here? You are the only black person in this place. <laughs> he and I just started laughing. Oh, my goodness. So then we went over from there. We caught the little boat and went over to the real Statue of Liberty, not the Paris one, the real one. And we're walking around praying, you know, and then he and I decided that we were going to go up and lay proscuneo at the base of the statue back before back before it became you couldn't do it now and so we're praying in the spirit we're laying and when we we finally realized after a few minutes that we needed to get up we stood up and there were probably 15 japanese guys all with cameras taking pictures of us we laughed at that. I said, we're going to be on the cover of the Tokyo Express tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We laughed. But, you know, I think God takes delight in those seeds of things that we do, not as some prophetic uh statement but legitimate bonds of love before the father things that we do because it's just what we are and i think that generates the pure seed of what god will use to raise up a new a new harvest not not a seed that's bent on overcoming but becoming and you know you need the seed of overcoming but you need 
you really need the seed of the pure harvest, of functionality, of what we now are. And that then raises the crop, so to speak, of the, the, new, the new beginnings. Hopefully we're, we're sowing that now. Here, um, in, in so many other nations, anyway. Yeah, you, you think, I mean, you think about as intercessors, when we lift our voice, when we submit ourselves to the Spirit to use us, and we lift our voice in intercession to pray in the Spirit, that it matters what color we are. I mean, I, I have to believe that it doesn't even matter that I'm either a man or a woman. You know what I mean? I, I That's a whole nother topic of discussion, but do, does any of that really matter in the spirit realm? Well, I think it matters from our generational heritage where we were originally raised. It's like when I go into West Virginia even though I really never lived there, but my heritage was from there. And well, absolutely. There, there is a response in the spirit realm and in the land itself. And it's, no, it's not only noticeable in the spirit, but in the natural. We talked about those things. So I think that wherever we are from, where God chose for us to be born and where our lineage is, when, when we go forth from that, um, we carry that with us. And there's an authority. It's like that eclectic. It's like that eclectos I was talking about yesterday that God chose. What, what, what is your... So, like here, we've come here and we've partnered in this esteme, here in our sanctuary and in our, this place God has given, that is something God has given governmentally. But, what it's weird when I go up to Pittsburgh or, or West Virginia, there is, there is an authority there. Not because of anything I've done, but because that's where God raised me. And then when we go into France, you felt this, in Lyon, there is there is something that God does because he doesn't forget. It was yesterday when your lineage was coming out from there. And and it's it's there's a response. So it's it's very interesting how God does that. Don't you think? Yeah, totally. I, yeah, I totally agree. And I know that there is I mean, I, I've sensed that. I've felt that in the city of Dallas, just from my heritage and different ways that the Lord has used me to 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 apply that. Well, that's spiritually. true. I'm just I'm just saying when we come together for an exploratory prayer time, and we all lift our spirits up to pray, whatever God would have us to pray. I'm just saying, does our color really matter? Yeah, no, I mean, our no, DNA, no, the color doesn't. Yeah, no, that, that that's that was my point. But you're right. I mean, our who we are and our DNA and from where God has brought us forth from. Obviously, there's there's um, authority that comes with that. So. It's yeah. it's a very interesting thing. It, it's a it's a very. Very interesting thing and I, I think our privilege of being able to travel into these places and moving in the spirit and sensing different dimensions of the impact of the spirit what we bring that eclectos um, and how we unify with that excuse me it's it's all so very interesting 
So if we can get past the color of skin and tap into what God has anointed us to be where we are and also unify with others in the places God sends us to, and then if you just so happen to go into an area of the world where you know part of your heritage comes from, that's, it's all part of God's, God's plan. And, you know, I mentioned that yesterday to a degree and expanded on it with the French broadcast earlier out of, out of first Peter chapter two, where, you know, there are three places in that brief thing talking about the priesthood of God and the living stone and us being with our chief cornerstone at the right hand of the father there are three uh, specific references of this eclectos and the first was that God chose it and the second was that we as living stones function in that way and the third is that we are in verse 9, we are a chosen genos where, where we're activating places of God's original intent. And as diversities of Chung, genos, Lelius, prayers, we're in, really interceding for that. So this eclectic business of where, what, where are you assigned? What has God put in you? Who is he going to bring you to to connect before the throne and form some new thing from that synergy? What about your roots? Does God honor that through the generations? Because if there is a generational curse, there also has to be a generational blessing. Right. So where where is that? And I, I remember right. joking with you originally. I called you and Melissa the Peak Sisters. And, and I remember doing activations and you doing activations downtown, places where your grandfather and where, you know, Jefferson Peak and the other Peaks uh, who were pioneers, basically, in this city. You, you had power there. And you do. It, it's just really interesting in the economy of God and the way he looks at things. But it all comes back to this eclectos, this, this eclectic thing that God created to be this way. Mm -hmm. And he uses many different streams to make glad the city of our God. Mm -hmm. And um, so on this Martin Luther King Day, we agree as a network that God is doing his strange work and somehow, some way, if we are faithful and do what is right and hear from him and become, there will be a seed of purity that mm -hmm. is sown in the spirit that God will reap the harvest in. I think he already is. Yeah. Amen. Well, is there anything additionally that you would like to say before we, we say adios to our network family? We're past time. We're at four, four, almost five minutes over time. Of course, I apologize well. for skipping out for a few minutes, but Monica certainly revived you with the words that God was speaking through her during that time. I was just getting thought out. <laughs> it's, it's way, it's really so different to be remote. I, I'm, I'm very thankful for that blessing that we have with the live stream and, and being remote. And I know that for so many of you that, are part of this church but live in different places that are able to connect via live stream we're really thankful for that but it's it's really different not being actually in 
the church. But I am thankful. Thank you for the reprieve. I, I have a little bit of PTSD when it comes to snow and ice on the ground. So that's for another day. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm grateful for it, too, because even though you're not across the table, you're there on the screen. And um, I bet it's warmer where you are in that little room. Well, you know how hot this little radiator gets things, and it's it's doing its job. I'm when freezing. I, when I go out into the into the stairwell, it's like stepping into the Arctic Circle. <laughs> so I may stay I up here for a little while and just do some work. That's so. wise, very wise. But be careful driving home. Oh, thank you. And all I don't you know. Is it blessed? ice or is it powder? Oh, it's just snow. It, it's just... Okay. I looked out on Abrams. You can probably look out on Gaston. People are just moving along. So... Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, God bless all of you. We'll look, look forward to sharing the word together on Wednesday. And um, until next time we're all together, may the favor and the blessing of the Lord be with you all. Thank you, Monica. Amen. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.